Yeah, no, I sold him three weeks ago, right before he scored the hat trick with two assists with the twenty three points. In this past three weeks, I think he is like equal of yeah outscored the first um six game weeks. So it's been painful. It's painful sometimes to admit that you make a mistake. I should have kept the faith in Oli Watkins. I'm sorry, man. I had Salah from the start also. I should have kept the faith in Salah as well. Um, I think I move on too fast from these fellas in the quest to optimize the team, you know. Um, You're just too far ahead of the curve. You can't... <laughs> yeah. I, I, I want him back, you know. Um, I want Watkins back. It's hard to admit, but I'm not going to let... What's the word for it? Um... Sunk cost fallacy. Yeah, that's it. So I'm not going to be like, oh, okay. I've sold Watkins. I'm going to make my bid and live with that decision for the rest of the season. No. Sometimes you just got to admit when you make a mistake and like, okay, I made a mistake selling him. I need him back in. Oh, this is the thing. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the FPL Banger Show. This is the Game Week 10 preview. My name is Siva. I'm joined once again by Sam. And Sam, how was Game Week 9? It's all right. Um, I was saved by... Uh, I Captain Sun. Do not have Salah. Do not have Watkins. I was saved. Because like before the Spurs game, before that Monday game, my Game Week rank was like 8 million or something like that. <laughs> and they single-handedly pushed... Or not single, because I have, I have Sun, Madison, and... Poro. So the Spurs boys pushed me back up to a respectable game week score. And um, yeah, turned out well. Yeah, I had a decent week as well. I got, I think, 92. And it's it's funny how the FPL week turns out. Because after the first game, Liverpool-Everton, I was in so much rage. Because <laughs> up to about 75 minutes, Salah hadn't scored. Neither of us owned Salah for reasons. And I was quite chill. I was watching the game and I saw Everton holding out 10 men... Uh, they seemed like they could get there. And then suddenly, Michael Keane has his hand up like he's calling for a taxi or something. Gives away a pen. Of course, Salah scores. And then, injury time. Who gives seven minutes? Why do they have seven minutes? And the last kick of the game, Salah gets second goal, 16-pointer. And honestly, that almost broke me. Like, I just <laughs> sat down and just like... Needed time to process it. But like you say, by the end of the weekend, actually not even the weekend, by Monday night, which for us in Malaysia is like Tuesday 3, 5 a.m. by when yeah. the final match ends. At the end of that, you get that catharsis, right? Sun scores, mm. Madison scores. And yeah, in the end, mm. an interesting week. Has this week sort of showed you that there are many routes to points and that you don't need to own any one player? I... um. Yeah, I guess. I mean, we've talked about this before, right? You When you compare, so like, for example, for Salah, if you, if you like us, do not own Salah, you have to realize that it's not a A versus B comparison. Unless, you know, the other asset is the exact same price. But by not having Salah and having Sun instead, it maybe lets you upgrade a defender to Trippier. And Sun plus Trippier can outscore Salah plus uh, 4.5 defender or whatever it may be. You know what I mean? So you have to kind of take a step back and look at the big picture. That's it though, Siwa. I really want Salah in right now. <laughs> and I think we'll get to that in the course of this pod. But yeah. 
let's I mean let's talk about it now, right? So for those people who are on wildcard this week, easy, right? You can get Salah, no problems. But for those who are not on wildcard, I think the temptation, especially on Saturday and perhaps until yesterday, when City played in the Champions League and Haaland came back, scored two goals, could have had an assist, which was disallowed for Alvarez's. I think there was a Grealish handball in the build-up. But, you know, we saw Prime Haaland basically yesterday. But at the start of the week, the narrative was, for those people who aren't on wildcard, need a route to Salah, maybe sell Haaland. Get Watkins and Salah in. Easy. You know, you make up all these points. You could still have Alvarez cover Haaland if you need to. Where are you on that? Given that, to be fair, City, they are not blowing teams away. They're doing well. They're still winning games, but they aren't smashing them. And the fixtures, they aren't, I mean, City will win most games, but this is a difficult stretch, right? They play United. Well, (laughs) they play United. I don't know if that's a hard fixture. Harry Maguire's revival. I did not see this redemption upcoming, but he's apparently a good footballer right now. Yeah, so now they're playing Ballon d'Or contender Harry Maguire and uh, possible best keeper in the world, Andre Onana, reborn, right? So City are going through a a tough round of fixtures. There's no question about it. Are you comfortable selling Harden to get Salah if you're not on wildcard? To be honest, I think a few weeks back we discussed it and we're like, no, you got to keep faith in Harden. I would say now, maybe... Yes. Yes, you can. You can do it. And it's not being... Um, what's the word? Not contradicting outcome yourself. Outcome biased. Yeah, I mean, oh. it's not it's not outcome biased and it's not contradicting ourselves. It's just that we have more evidence now. We've watched them play more games since, I don't know, what was it? Three weeks back when people started to sell Haaland, maybe two or three game weeks back. We have more evidence. We've watched more games. I genuinely think you can go with Alvarez. Alvarez don't, I feel, again, coming back to that word, uh, not as explosive as Haaland. Uh, higher floor, lower ceiling, maybe. I know people don't like these terms anymore. Um, less potential of a double-digit haul. I said it. But yeah, I, I genuinely think you can because it seems like if if to go with Salah instead of Haaland, Salah seems to have more consistency this year. But um, I mean, I texted you right after Salah scored the goals, his goals, his two goals, and you were like, "What do you say to me?" I think you said something like, "He can't get a dodgy pen every week," but it seems like he can because he has. <laughs> um, there is some caveats though because you know Everton were down to ten men. The pen, you know, was a handball. Can't really happen every week. And then, you know, that last goal of the game, like, there was basically no backline for Everton, you know. Um, they were like three on one or four on, four, on, four on two or whatever it was, right? So, but I feel, I feel with Alvarez and Salah, you can get away without Haaland. But take this advice um, with caution, I guess. Because if Haaland goes mad and... If he goes mad, he goes mad, you know. You yeah, it's gonna be painful. So you gotta make peace with your decision, I guess. Whatever you choose to do. I mean, that's 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 really nice. That's very Buddhist of you, Sam, but that's not really helpful, <laughs> is it? I mean I, I, I mean <laughs> Would I do it? I, I yes, mean, the I real... Okay, let's put it that way. Yeah. Okay, so good. I, I mean 
the dodgy pens aside, that, that's me being bitter, right? I'm being salty about it. The dodgy pen, the handball and all that. But that's a function of the teams they're playing. They're playing bad teams. So those things happen more when you play bad teams. That's usually the case. And what hasn't changed is the fact that Salah's still creating chances at a very high rate, which is why his bonus is still off the charts. So even mm-hmm. if he just gets one return, he's on for max bonus, which is not the case for Haaland every week. This week, he got yeah. two bonus, which is nice. But he's not typically the highest for bonus. He wasn't even the highest this week. Alvarez got three bonus. It's because um, the bonus point system really penalizes strikers when they make, when they miss um, big chances. Yeah. So and, and he has he has been missing quite a lot of big chances this season, not as clinical as he usually is. So so yeah, that's why. Mm, are you comfortable with the idea? Because some people will not want to do this switcheroo from Haaland to Salah. So let's maybe talk about the next aspect of all this, which is the Spurs midfielders. Especially if you're not on wildcard, I think it is very difficult for most people, to get a team that keeps your Spurs mids and Salah and Haaland if you weren't already on that structure to begin with. So this is a week where I see a lot of people are talking about selling Spurs midfielders. And again, obviously the Fulham Hall has probably, it's definitely colored my opinion on this. It's hard to be unbiased about it. How do you feel about selling Spurs? Granted, the fixtures are starting to tighten up, right? So Palace away this week. You can argue whether that's a hard or good fixture. I have people telling me that Palace at home is just different and they're much better. And then after that, they play Chelsea and then Wolves. So are you comfortable selling Sun and Madison, I guess? I won't sell Sun. I think Sun is a really good asset, especially for his price. Nine point, I don't know, what's he, what's he now? Nine point three? I think he's at nine point three and 9.4. I think most of us would have bought him slightly cheaper, but yeah. Yeah, but I think... For his price now, he's really great. He's the focal point of the attack of the best team in the Premier League right now. <laughs> on on the on the way to an invincible season, maybe. <laughs> but no, I mean, Spurs are winning games. They are attacking well, and he is the focal point. He gets bonus. He gets. Um, I I think I will keep Sun. Madison, I would consider selling for Salah if you have the funds. I don't know what kind of sacrifices you need to make elsewhere in your team to do it, but in a vacuum, yeah, I would, I think. I've had Madison since um, game week two, I think. So I've been really happy holding Madison. He's been great. But it's all a matter of optimizing your team, I think. And if you really have nothing else to change, eh, your whole team is great, you know, you got walk-ins, you got Alvarez, you got... You got all these fellas, and the only key piece missing is Salah. And to make that move, you need to sacrifice medicine. Yeah, I think it's. I would do it actually. I have. I am actually heavily considering um moving medicine to Salah. Okay, he's still a good pick. That's good. Medicine still a good pick. You know, like he's a great pick, honestly. But Salah is a better pick. Yeah, I don't think anyone will argue that. I guess it's, again, a question of what sacrifices you're making to get there. But I think most people will struggle to get from Madison to Salah, like you are. Uh, I think most people are looking at Sun to Salah with sacrifices around. Because Sun, I just looked, is 9.5 now, which shows you just how early we went on him. I didn't even know that. Um, yeah. Whereas Madison's still, uh, I think it's 8 mil. So, 1, 2, something like that. So I think, yeah. What if 
the sacrifice has to be Sun. Then are you comfortable doing it? Bearing in mind that Sun has been excellent. And his minutes are being managed, but he is still scoring in those minutes being managed, right? He gets his goal and it goes off. But he's still playing 70 most weeks. Like, I found it interesting that uh, he's played eight games. I think Saka has played nine, but they've played similar minutes. He just keeps mm. getting, you know, getting the minutes when he needs it. What do you feel about selling Sun? I would, personally, I would find... I would try to make a sacrifice elsewhere. Personally, I don't know. Is it a personal bias? Maybe because I really like Sun as a player as well. Um, and he's been good for my FL team over the years. So maybe a hint of loyalty, a hint of biasness there. But I would really, really try to sacrifice elsewhere. Like I would rather sacrifice Haaland than sacrifice Sun at this stage right now. Haaland plays Bournemouth next week, by the way. Mm. I mean, after United, you mean, right? Yeah. Yeah, but you know, you can get Alvarez. I know the idea of coverage is, I'm not saying, it's not coverage, but it is that, um, I think you you posted a really good um, post on Twitter about it, Siva, in our FPL Banger page, um, showing that Alvarez, you know, coming late into the box and he's getting those opportunities that Gundo used to have, right? Um, yeah. So with teams being the way they are after playing one season against Haaland, I mean, he's still getting opportunities because City are City, but maybe not as often as he got last year. And even then, when he does get the opportunity, maybe the the pressure from the opponents are faster, they are more reactive because they are more tuned on to Haaland that you know he's not really getting enough time. Although you can argue he doesn't really need that much time, but still, I mean... The fact is there, right? He's been missing a lot of big chances compared to last year. Alvarez, assist potential, goal potential. I would be okay going Alvarez as my City attacker. I mean, the quote you're talking about is a quote from uh, John Malilo, who is a City's assistant coach. And he said, the last player to arrive in the box is the first to be able to shoot. And the closer you get to goal, the further you are from scoring. Sometimes you just need to take a step back. And it's interesting because he made he gave this quote in an interview to the Athletic during the World Cup. So last year he oh. wasn't even working at City back then. So this is something mm-hmm. he's thought about. Like you get low blocks and how do you break them down? So sometimes when you are doing your cutbacks, you know somebody needs to hang back, and that's what Alvarez has been doing. It helps that everybody's marking Haaland. You got three guys around Haaland, so he gets space. I'm still, I'm still uncomfortable with telling Haaland. I feel like. Again, this is one of those weeks, right? The, the only reason we're talking about this that much is because Salah got a pen and Haaland didn't get a pen this week. Like, that's the difference between the two of them. And I is just Haaland feel... even Is Haaland the main pen taker for City? Is he? What do you mean, mate? Of course he's the main pen taker. What are you talking about? No Mares, right? So no one else is going to take exactly. it from him now. He's not. I, I... He's got no one else to share it with. When's the last time City had a pen? It's been a while, see, so people forget. Yeah. Uh, I think it was when yeah. uh, Haaland got the hat-trick. I think it was the Fulham game, if I'm not wrong. Oh, that was like gimmick two, right? Or three or something. Yeah, it's been like a while. Centuries but he ago. is the main fan taker. He's he's not sharing them. And and especially now when he's getting people like you hating on him and questioning him. <laughs> uh, no way is he going to share anything with, with Alvarez. I'm still not sold on selling either. Alan or Alvarez. I feel like if your route to Salah involves selling Sun, I'm more comfortable with selling Sun. I love Sun. I think he's been great. 
But I think Spurs in harder fixtures will have a harder time than City will have in their harder fixtures. Sun's minutes are still being managed. So he's returning in spite of them, not because of them. And ultimately, I think, you know, Salah and Haaland play for better teams. I do think Spurs, one thing about the schedule is really favoured them, right? They've played all the promoted teams already. So from Mm -hmm. now on, it can only get harder. Whereas, uh, I mean, City play Bournemouth in game week 11. Liverpool have easy fixtures coming up. I don't know, man. It doesn't sit right with me. Do you remember um, when everyone was like, okay, we'll get Sun for the easy fixtures and then we'll sell him in the hard fixture when he's going to play Arsenal away? And then he, he hauls. I had him for Arsenal away, but yeah, I, I remember. Yeah, so I guess it's down to personal preference then, right? Like for me, I rather keep Sun. For you, you rather keep Haaland. Again, it's not an A to B comparison. This is probably like an A B C, maybe even an A B C D versus A B C D comparison, right? Because it's like Haaland plus um Haaland plus Salah plus I don't know who you're downgrading at the back. Like maybe Cole instead Palmer. of yeah, instead of uh, who's the popular? I don't know. <laughs> you you know your team yeah. everyone knows their team right but it's it's not a easy comparison to make and I think you have to keep in mind also that it's, it's a long term thing so like yes there's a high possibility that Haaland hauls against Bournemouth very high possibility but then what about around that you know he's playing United he's playing Chelsea he's playing Liverpool he's playing Spurs you know Bournemouth is sandwiched between all these games so how does he does against these other teams? Historically, not very good when he's playing away against top teams or even at home. Um, I personally, I think I would back Alvarez over the next five fixtures to to outscore Haaland. Yeah. Okay, that's... I mean, or if I not outscore, match Haaland's point, which then you get a lot of savings, half the price, but similar or close to Haaland's score and then you still have Salah bringing the points for you and you still have Sun. So, again, you know, you have to also look... Yes, it is scary to not have Haaland against Bournemouth but over the next five fixtures, right? Plus, uh, when Haaland plays against Bournemouth, you could captain Salah who is playing at home against Forest. Great fixture. No, no, he's playing away Luton. He's playing Forest home this week. Oh, sorry. Yeah, away Luton. Also, great fixture. I mean, you know. So, yeah, to look at it okay. with a bigger picture, I guess. Look at the big picture. Sounds like coverage, love. But I mean, <laughs> sounds like you're comfortable with it. And to be fair, a lot of people who did this a few weeks ago are way ahead of points. So, and they've just accepted that they don't have Harlan, and it seems to be working out for them. So maybe. You know, Moneyball, you know, you're recreating him in the algorithm, you yeah. know, in the aggregate with all these other players you can get. I would be okay not having Haaland until KDB comes back, I think. Once KDB is back, then no, <laughs> Haaland's going back in the team, man. I mean, KDB's not coming back, man. He's, he's going off to Al Nasser or Al Etifak or something, man. Oh, I thought our, our podcast had no cursing, man. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see uh, the, uh, uh, Steven Gerrard's club? We won't mention the name since you say the sound <laughs> might get a censored, right? So they, they played a game this week. I think 
so they got a superb team, right? Henderson, Wijnaldum, and they played in front of 600 fans in a 20,000-seater stadium. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Yes. yes Let's say about the Saudi League better. I guess you will walk alone, you know, sometimes. <laughs> um, all right. So you, you've explained your logic for being comfortable with selling Haaland. Um, I get that. So I guess the the next step is that means you are saying that Ollie Watkins is essential, right? Because you're not selling Haaland, they're not getting Watkins in. So is Watkins essential for those who don't own? I don't own, so I'm a little scared. But I, I look at my front line, I've got Haaland, Alvarez, Darwin Nunes. I really don't want to sell anybody, but sounds Some like you're minutes. telling me I have to get Watkins in. I had Watkins from game week one. Until I decided to sell him two weeks ago, in which he has proceeded to haul double digits. Um, what was it? Like, like basically more than half of his points from the first. Uh... <laughs> Let me pull it up. Give me a minute. Yeah, no, I sold him three weeks ago, right before he's got the hat trick with two assists with the 23 points. In this past three weeks, I think he is like equal of, yeah, outscored the first um, six game weeks. So it's been painful. It's painful sometimes to admit that you make a mistake. I should have kept the faith in Oli Watkins. I'm sorry, man. I had Salah from the start also. I should have kept the faith in Salah as well. Um, I think I move on too fast from these fellas in the quest to optimize the team, you know. Um, You're just too far ahead of the curve. You can't... <laughs> yeah. I, I, I want him back, you know. Um... I won Watkins back. It's hard to admit, but I'm not going to let... What's the word for it? Um, Sunk cost fallacy. Yeah, that's it. So I'm not going to be like, oh, okay. I've sold Watkins. I'm going to make my bid and live with that decision for the rest of the season. No. Sometimes you just got to admit when you make a mistake and like, okay, I made a mistake selling him. I need him back in. Did you make a mistake though? I mean, obviously you missed the haul against Brighton, which I don't think anybody's would have said you could have foreseen uh, a 23-pointer. Gets five points and against Wolves, which is presumably the easy game. And then against West Ham, right? So his assist... I mean, we're, we're looking into yeah. this in maybe too much detail, right? But the assist is... I mean, what is, it's, he passes it, Douglas Luiz, who shoots it from outside the box and goes in. His goal comes towards the end of the game. West Ham are chasing. They leave spaces. I mean, is this going to... The issue with Watkins has always been consistency, but do you think he keeps this up, right? Do you think consistency is great? Like he's only blanked one gimmick this season. The problem, the reason why I sold him was because I felt that his ceiling was too low for a player who is eight point it was eight mil at that time. Maybe seven, maybe even seven point nine, I think. Yeah, seven point nine when you sold, he's now eight point three. Yeah, I was like, you know, his ceiling is low. He's just getting assists every week and not scoring. But to be fair, underlying stats-wise, he was doing really well. He was just missing loads and loads of big chances. But I was like, something's up with Watkins this year. His finishing is not quite there, not quite clinical. I'm not going to pay 8 mil just for 5 points every week. And the week I sell him, he gets 23 points. So, blew the low ceiling <laughs> conversation. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, another assist, five. Then I was like, okay, it's back to normal. Like, you know, this is Watkins level, five-pointer. And then he goes goal and assist. Like you say, though, kind of... I wouldn't use the word sketchy, but um, sweaty goal. 
this week. And Something's even, not right about it, right? Like, this, yeah. this just, even the hat trick, right? right? Like, even the hat trick, some of it were kind of, like, gifted, I would say, you know? So, I'm going to say this, I think, uh, which is genuinely how I feel about Watkins. I don't think he's essential. But if you have the money for him, right, he's consistent. If you're okay with paying 8 mil for just a consistency machine, right, like, five points every week five 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 occasional goal nine points occasional 11 or whatever but most of the weeks five points and you have the money for it yeah go for it he's a great option but i don't think he's essential okay so are you bringing him in this week no because i'm gonna bring salah so like I said, so, not essential at the moment. Like, if you sell Haaland and have Alvarez, then you got a lot of money. You can plump it there. But if you can't go Salah and Watkins, because Watkins eight, you know, you need a cheaper striker, whatever, then, you know, he's not essential, I think. I'd rather have Salah. I think he's got the most goal contributions behind Salah and Haaland since Emery arrived. Yeah, but you see, last season... I had him big chunks of last season. He was great. He was scoring a goal every game, right? And every time he scores, he tend he he was getting like maximum bonus points, like one goal, three bonus points, and you know, hard worker, honest worker, Watkins. This is a bit different, yeah, that, right? Right? He was um, a lot of assists. Um, I already said earlier, lots of assists, missing a lot of chances, and even then. You, when you watch the games, he's not really the last um, attacker, right? A lot of times he's coming in from deeper and things like that. Um, he did score a goal f- from the counter um, last weekend, though, which was a great goal. You know, nice piece of skill. I don't know if I can say if Ariola should have saved that near post and all that, but um, I mean, yeah, I mean, he it, I, like, I think... right? he smashed it into the corner. So. You... I think two keepers aren't saving that. I mean, he has no right to take that shot from that distance, goes near post. It's a great finish. And it's funny because he'd missed a lot of easier chances in the game. And once again, I think this is maybe... We watch maybe too much football here. This is where the eye test goes in too much, right? Like, we watch Watkins for so long. This guy can't be that good. You know, we, we know, like, you're, you're fluking these halls, mate. We know the real you. You'll hit the bar yeah. 10 times after this and never score again once we bring you in. But that's because we watch too much. Whereas, like, my brother who does, doesn't watch any games, he's getting points. I'm getting him in and he's getting the points. So. Yeah, that is the problem sometimes. Remember Gundo um, when he went on that run, like, three years ago? And all the yeah, football people, run. all the FL experts were like, no, nah, he's a DM, you know, he's not going to keep this up. He just went scored and scored and scored. So yeah, maybe sometimes having too much knowledge and too much info can be a bad thing because you tend to overthink things when it should be simple. Like this guy is scoring points. Let's get him in. Yeah, I think so too. On that, um, on that note, Douglas Lewis though. I'm, I'm okay, going to give a, I'm going to give a public apology to um, my cousin's husband whose name is Ron who plays FPL. And I think he listens to this podcast. But before the season, you know, he was over. We were talking. He was telling me his team. And he's like, oh, I got Douglas Lewis. I was like, come on, man. Don't get Douglas Lewis in. Like, he's 5.5. You're paying 5.5 for a DM. There are better players to get. Come on. 
I hope you didn't listen to my advice and you <laughs> you kept Douglas Lewis in your team throughout this run. Um, I apologize to you. What do you think about Douglas Lewis? I mean, as a as a legitimate option, I feel like there's a lot of, I mean, it's half and half. Some people are, like you say, you know, really happy with the points and think that they saw something that others didn't. Obviously, on pens now for sure, he's definitely taken them from Watkins. He's much better at them. But then you get stat guys and people who are looking at his his non pen actually is really low. Um, and so, I mean, let's talk FPL. I think did post a tweet this week saying, "I'm so happy that in two weeks' time." No one will ask me about Douglas Lewis. The implication being that in two weeks' time, he'll be back to blanking and people will move on. I I don't know. Do you feel that way? Well, it's simple, I think. If um, Villa are playing at home, you should captain Douglas Lewis because he has not blanked at home this entire season. <laughs> and when he's playing away, you bench him. Soft. I soft FPL for you guys. He's on, nah. he's on pants, mate. I don't think that's going to work. He's blanked every away game and scored every home game. So, But no, I think I got to side with the experts on this. I don't think it's sustainable. Yes, he, I still stand by he will get the occasional goal here and there from um, Pants from Pants. This week, his second, his first goal was actually a long, long-range effort. To be fair, he has been trying them a lot. But the thing about long-range efforts is that you don't really score that many throughout a season. And um, last season and the years before, actually, I've always had Douglas Lewis as a fodder because he's usually 4.5, right? And mm. he chips in with the occasional assist here and there, you know? That's his. That's where he usually is. This year is zero assist, so I don't know. I don't really watch that many Villa games, so I can't really say for certain why that is. But I think, especially at that price, 5.5, you could go Gordon who is much more direct and much more involved in the attack, and you can kind of be sure that or at least have a higher chance of returning, I think, and not rely so much on just pants. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm down with that. I think, hmm. I mean, Emery did give some interesting uh, comments after the match, and he did say he's been talking to Douglas Lewis about improving his shooting from range, working on it. He's... Uh, something that so it's part of their game plan is you know getting the ball out wide and then finding spaces for Douglas Ruiz and John McGinn uh, to shoot and they mm. have seen some goals from that. Douglas Ruiz does have pens, he does have set pieces, but I'm still with you. It just feel like you do need a lot of luck. You need things like you know the occasional pen to go through. You do need a long range shot, which was deflected by the way this week, right? Yeah. That that goal shouldn't be going in, right? It's deflected in. So yeah, and I, I'm. Let's talk about budget mids for a bit because I think a lot of people are trying to fit in everybody, especially on wildcard. You mm. want to know the best budget mid. So you got Gordon, you mentioned. I think Gordon's about 5.8, 5.9. You got Whoa. Douglas Louise. He went up that much? Wow. I thought he was like 5.6 or something. Uh, yeah, he's 5.6. He's 5.6. 5.6. My mistake. Yeah. I mean, we both have Gordon. So I, yeah. and he's been good. Uh, you've got uh, Pedro Neto, Wang Hee Chan, both returned with assist this week. You got Cole Palmer down, who's now on pens for Chelsea. I think pretty much confirmed. Two pens in two yeah. games. Took the ball <laughs> off Sterling this week. Yeah, yeah. Who's your best budget mate? Well, if you're just looking for a pen merchant, Cole Palmer over Douglas Lewis. Maybe. Cheaper, better team, so-called. Is I don't know. Okay, debatable. Debatable. Debatable on that. Very debatable, mate. Yeah. Better team. Historically, team. historically better team. 
not legacy team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, legacy team. Um, I I still got uh, Anthony Gordon. I think for now, play still secured because Barnes uh, has a long term injury. So first choice left winger. Team is flying right now. Cheap five point six is really cheap for a nil. Newcastle attacker, especially because you know Isak and Wilson keep getting injured, and you don't know who's playing on the right wing. Could be Jacob Murphy, could be Almiron, and he's involved, right? I think he has one of the best uh, goals involvements per minute split in the entire league right now. So really, really good. I, Neto is so good, but the team are just not that good. <laughs> so it's just like every game he's returning, but it's just like four points and three points. Uh, four points, five points, four points, four points. I mean, it's great for his price. Like honestly, although he did go up, he's like five point eight right now. I, I just feel Gordon would be better. Unfortunately, I wish Neto played in a better team because he's such a baller. But I mean, Wolves have got some decent results. I mean, obviously they're playing Bournemouth this week, so mm. they they had to win that game. But like you say, if that's his ceiling against lower teams. Then that's a bit worrying. Mm. Um, you kind of want him to be in the goals a bit more. Gordon is way more direct. Um, yeah. Is getting more shots off. Should have had two goals this week. Hit the bar uh, from point-blank range. And even against Dortmund, although they lost, I was quite happy with Gordon's performance. Again, he hit the woodwork. Again, he had plenty of big chances. And the fact that... Honestly, I think... Week, sorry, if Gordon improves his finishing right, and stops hitting <laughs> the post and the bar, he'll be getting hat-tricks every week because he's getting so many opportunities, right? It's like the whole team is kind of built towards the left-winger kind of cutting it. Same, Barnes was kind of getting the same opportunities as well, right? That's just how the structure is, the style of play. Left-winger gets loads of chances. I'm a little concerned about minutes uh, in the future with Gordon uh, because he's not a 90-minute man from what I can tell, but that's because of Champions League and they need to mm-hmm. manage everybody. The good thing, though, is Isaac injured, Jacob Murphy injured, Barnes injured. So they are running out of alternatives for Gordon. Like, they're down to him and Almiron. Maybe they play Joe Linton on the the wing, but I don't think they really want to do that. They're losing Tonali. So in a way, it's good for him. He's more reason to play. And everybody agrees that he's probably their best player at the moment. So mm-hmm. I think that helps. I think it's really good because um, I, I, I feel like I mentioned Gordon at the start of the season. Because a lot of people wrote him off after he had a kind of poor half half a season, right? He moved in January last year. But then he did really, really well in the under-21 um, was it Euros World Cup. Yeah. Yeah, England right? won. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He did really, really well for the team. So I was, I'm kind of happy to see him do well. That's it. I don't, I don't mind the Cole Palmer shout. Like, I would have gotten ahead of him because uh, Chelsea's fixtures are really, really hard. Mm-hmm. But Chelsea played very well against Arsenal. I mean, I think they gave a very decent account of themselves. Uh, much more improved. He's starting to figure it out. Maybe the solution was just to drop Nicholas Jackson. I don't know. But um, they, they look like a much better team. Palmer's playing false nine. He isn't always in the box, but he gets behind. He He's creating st- chances. I think Palmer, Mudrick, all starting to look like better options as we progress. It's just that the yeah. fixtures are really hard. And when Arsenal play three of the promoted teams in the next six weeks, when Liverpool have Luton coming up in two weeks' time, Villa have good fixtures, it seems kind of weird, a bit counterintuitive to go for a team with such hard fixtures. I agree. Although I think sub 5.0 meet, there's no one better than Cole Palmer, despite the fixtures, right? Uh, he's still 4.9. Has he moved up to 5 yet? 
I'm not sure. I've made sadly five. Uh, okay, five. Yeah, but still, you know, there's no player better than Cole Palmer below five. So if you're struggling for budget because you want to get Salah and Watkins and Haaland and Trippier in your team and Sun, <laughs> then Cole Palmer is, is your guy. Uh, I spoke to a Chelsea Wait, fan today, who you know, Leon, right? Shout out to Leon. But uh, he was telling me that he really feels that Cole Palmer is probably their best player in the team right now. Um, so yeah, Chelsea fans love him. Poch seems to love him. Place feels quite secured. I, I mean, Chelsea fans certainly think so. Based on the way he's playing, he's got pants, he's direct, he's an attacker. So cheap. Yeah, definitely the best budget option at that price range. He's finally the solution to not having Nkunku. I think that's basically uh, why mm-hmm. he's looked so good. He Because they were trying to play Enzo at 10. It just didn't really seem to work for me. Really impressed with how they played against Arsenal. First half, they completely controlled the game. Uh, so I am definitely scared of them. But I, I yeah, so I think best five mid, uh, no questions. And if you need to have him, he's a perfectly fine option. You mentioned a couple of other guys. I mean, just talking budget mids, because let's go slightly higher and slightly lower. You got Brian and Bomo, Jared Bowen, the Brighton guys, Mitoma, and somebody who has become a bit more hyped Simon up Adingra. Simon Adingra. Yeah, Simon Adingra. So Simon Adingra obviously is hyped because March is injured and uh, they've lost. Apparently for a long time. Apparently for a long time. They've obviously well, actually, don't have Welbeck. The whole long time thing is literally just from um, his press conference, right? Mm. Has they Have they even said what injury he has? Don't know, but I mean, like, like we, have, we actually to... have no info, right, on, on his injury and things. It's just in one random press conference, like, yeah, March is out for a long time. When's a long time? One week? He'll be back next week. But yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know about Adinger because I just feel Brighton has so many options, although with the injuries, uh, maybe a bit less now. But still, they have, you never know, some guy from the academy who you never heard before will suddenly start the right wing scores and <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, Mitoma, still good option, I guess. Still very direct. But do you feel that Brighton as a whole has not been playing that well the past few games? Or I think uh, the number of fixtures are catching up to them. Mm-hmm. I think there's no question about it. They are struggling to impose themselves in the way that they used to. Still good, but clearly like a sort of a wounded version of Brighton. They look mm-hmm. like the like a boxer going down. You know, They're still swinging, but not every punch is landing. Mitoma looked great against City. Obviously, I mean, he didn't get the assist for Fatih's goal, but he should have, right? Because he creates that. He turns Walker inside out. And I, I heard that he did not um, play for Japan in this in- past international break. I don't think he went on. I think yeah. uh, he had a knock and therefore he didn't go. Yeah, he didn't go for the trip. Hmm, so he was kind of rested, maybe. Um, so a bit more fresh compared to some of the other players who were traveling and all that. Yeah. I mean, Fulham, Everton, Sheffield United, Forest, next four. Good fixtures. Not but, easier than that. But for that price, would, would you say there are other better assets to have? I don't know, man. 6.5 for Matoma, 5.0 for Adingra. I, those are pretty decent prices, I think. I mean, at 5.0, would you go Cole Palmer over Adingra? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, 6.5, yes. I think um, around the 6.5 range, not really, not a lot happening there, right? Uh, 
at the start of the season, we were like, whoa, so many 615 mids, they're going to be great. But right now, it seems like not many of them are actually doing things. Uh, more excitement lower down and a bit further up, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'm very happy with Brian and Momo's haul this week, but I think that is largely fixture dependent. Uh, yeah. I don't Plus think I would get carried to, away. You had to endure like a five-game blank, right? Stretch of blanks before you got the haul. I mean, if you divide it up, right? You know, he got like, <laughs> average of 20 points over five weeks. It's not that bad for the price. Yeah. Yeah. But people don't look at it like that. But I mean, his fixture is coming up really tough. Uh, so I'm not sold on him as a, a long-term buy. Let's mention, I guess, uh, one last guy before we move into captaincy. Uh, Jarbone. I don't know what to make of Jarbone. So we've both had Jarbone for a long time. And he's done well for us. But I don't know. I mean, this again, watching too much football, right? The eye test West Ham look like one of the worst teams I've seen. They look like United's boys, basically. No clue. Of, I mean, they were so bad against Villa. The entire game plan was haul it up to Antonio and then see what happens. But that is kind of Moise's game plan whenever he goes out against a better team. It works sometimes, it doesn't. Now, I think you have to remember that... Um, they were away against Villa, who are very, very strong at home and are really on form. In the last game, they played against Newcastle, who, again, very, very on form. And they managed to score two goals, right? It was um, 2-2 against Newcastle. I'm okay to continue holding Bowen. Um, I mean, his price is 7.4 right now, which is a decent price. I think he's doing well. But again, like you said, you know, maybe we watched too much and we saw that his only goal was a massively deflected <laughs> uh, effort. And aside from that, West Ham didn't do stuff. But I think if he can still return in weeks like this where, you know, West Ham completely outplayed, dominated, you can kind of be assured that at least when, when West Ham are the team dominating, that he will be involved. And that has kind of proven to be the case. I think the positive is that Moyes, for whatever reason, doesn't seem to trust Kudus. He doesn't want to start him. So, mm. therefore... It's really weird because... Scores a goal. Yeah. Do you see his interview at the end of the match where he was like, I'm tempted to start Kudus every game. And I'm just like, if you are, then start him, man. <laughs> if, if you're tempted to start Kudus, start him. Uh, but anyway, anyway. Um, point is, I'm happy with Bowen. Easier fixtures coming up. I've lost I've lost faith in um Watt Prosto. So I think he would be the sacrifice I make to get in Salah somehow. The issue with Watt Prost is that Moyes played Suchek at, at camp for a couple of games and scored a couple of fluky Fellaini goals and then decided, okay, Suchek camp, Watt Prost DM. It makes no sense. Watt Prost yeah. offers so much more in build-up, but Moyes is such a regressive manager that he goes two big guys up top, Antonio and Suchek, and then we'll figure this out. And you are then putting Ward Process, not really a DM, as a secondary DM, whereas he should be further up the pitch contributing. So, yeah, I mean, I you think... can tell because the issue is that Moise is an idiot, but <laughs> I think it's unfortunate. Yeah, I think I'm going to rephrase that. It's not that I lost faith in Ward Prowse. I still think he's a great player, but I've lost faith in West Ham's attack to double up. Because I have both Bowen and Watt Browse, and I think they're just not worth the double right now, despite the fixtures. Yeah, fair enough. Um, let's talk Trippier, I think, is the last sort of point of contention for those who people who are on wildcard and those who are not on wildcard. Again, we both own Trippier, and we still have him. 
I'm not anywhere near ready to sell, but I see a lot of people talking about how you can sell him this week. No. Come on. Come on. If there's one player who's essential in the game right now, I would say it's Trippier. More ahead than of, Ahead of Salah, ahead of Sun, more, ahead of Haaland? More than anyone else, I think. And let me tell you why, okay? It's not only the clean sheets, which has been great. It's not the six assists in the past four games, which has been great. But did you know in the past five games, right? One, two, three, four, five. He has has 12 bonus points in the past five games. If that's not insane, I don't know what is. Players don't even get 12 bonus points in one season. He did it in five games. (laughs) So you get clean sheets, you get assists, you get... I was going to say goals, but actually he hasn't scored yet this season. Um, you get early subs that help you to, to um, possibly lock in the clean sheet earlier. You get loads of bonus points. Sell point oh is steep. I understand that. But it's only steep for you guys who, you know, the OGs will remember. You know, we've had like Leighton Baines and, and all these fellas. Uh, sometimes it is worth it, you know, when when they are really good assets. And I think Trippier is one of those. Newcastle really on form right now. No reason to sell. Come on. Just just, just lost to Dortmund, mate. I mean, I mean how, how, how Dortmund, in form can they Dortmund, be? Dortmund's been playing quite well, actually. Um, They've been doing quite well recently. But yeah, anyway, I mean, Champions League is Champions League. No one cares about Champions League unless you play Champions League fantasy. <laughs> I love how Champions League form is like, oh, that, that didn't happen, you know. Uh. Newcastle yeah. have been excellent. Same with Haaland, right? Yeah, he scored two goals. So what? It's against freaking young boys. Okay. Young yeah. boys are probably it's like a championship team. No offense to them. But <laughs> yeah. Okay, so now that the last people from Switzerland have switched off the pod. Um <laughs> yeah, I I'm I'm with you on Trippier. Like it just feels I get that the games are getting harder and the clean sheets are gonna get harder to come by, but it's just that there's no other defender I'd rather have. I mean, you're not covering clean sheets with this guy you're covering insane bonus potential like he sneezes he gets one return he gets max bonus he gets two bonus for no i mean jacob murphy had to have a um, career defining performance to get three bonus this week and stripper still got two yeah and the early subs how how plays fpl mate i'm telling you he subs him after 60 every single game they were three nil up at halftime there's no reason to bring this guy out he still does it after 60 minutes and the hard games, so-called hard games, because they're going to play Wolves, then Arsenal, Bournemouth, Chelsea, United. So that scares people. All three of those hard games are at home. So at home against Arsenal, at home against Chelsea, at home against United. You can't tell me that there's absolutely zero chance that they keep clean sheets in some of those games, at least one of those games, right? So and I, I wouldn't. My... I, I, I would say that the hard is not that hard. Like, I would see the other way around that Chelsea and United going away against Newcastle in their current form is the hard game for them, you know? Yeah. And I think the other issue I have at selling Trippier is the alternatives don't fill me with confidence. I've had Matty Cash for a few weeks now. He's got one assist this season and two goals, both of which came against Burnley. He plays for a team which has kept two clean sheets all season. Now we're talking about Villa as being one of the best teams in the league and they've only kept two cleans all season. He's not a bonus uh, points monster either. So, I mean, I'm I don't mm. see any other defender who I I filled with that much confidence. Whereas, yeah. as opposed to Trippier, 
I think he's just he's just different gravy. I agree. I agree. Unless like trend starts like balling again and stuff, right? Like towards the end of last season, it can happen. But until then, I really feel that Trippier is probably the the best defender to have. He is. I mean, like without a doubt, he is the best defender to have and possibly the best player to have out of all positions in this game. Uh, and if you went him on him early, right? Why would you sell? Come on! By the time you want to get him back in, he'll be like eight point zero or some ridiculous thing like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> if you went early on him, you have to keep him. Come on! You've already you've already put your money in, and he's returning. Why would you sell an asset that is returning? Come on, guys! I think people are selling ultimately because they want to afford all the the big boys, the the heavy hitters. But I think, as we've discussed, you make some sacrifices elsewhere based on what. We're both saying uh, Trippier is a bit more essential than that. Um, the other way around, I think. sacrifice the other big boys to get the biggest boy, Trippier. <laughs> you mentioned Trent, right? And so let's briefly talk about. I mean, no, no one. You'd have to be very optimistic, or you'd have to not go without Haaland, I think, basically to afford Trent, uh, even on wildcard. So let's talk about uh, Simikas, who I'm seeing in a lot of wildcard drafts. We didn't pot last week, but I was really excited about Simikas going into the Everton game. I will say that he had a pretty bad game and he was hauled off on 61 minutes. Now, everybody says it's because Everton were down to 10, so therefore, no need to worry. Simikas is a perfectly fine option for the next few weeks while Robertson is out. How do you feel about it? I think if your goal is just purely to have Liverpool coverage, then okay, right? Like, Simikas will play while Robertson's out. I know people were saying that Joe Gomez might play and stuff like that. Come on. Like, I saw that online. I was like, what are you talking about? You know, Simikas has always been Robertson's replacement, right? Like, that's why he's in that damn squad. So, Robertson's out. Simikas will play. Now, then, if you want Liverpool coverage, Simikas. But why do you want Liverpool <laughs> coverage? Especially when he doesn't really offer that much... Um, Maybe it was just the game because I remember in previous seasons when he does step in, he he usually offers um attacking potential. I don't I maybe you can um talk more about that, Siva. But why is Simika so ineffective going forward? I watched the game and he just wasn't very good. I mean, he made a lot of mistakes. He really should have gotten yellow carded. Made a lot of bad tackles, but he's still on corners. He's still a four point five defender. So you again, you're managing expectations. Like you're treating him like as if he's Trent. Uh. Or Van Dyke. He's not. He's a 4.5 defender who we've established, all of whom seem to be pretty bad right now, anyway. So I think he's perfectly acceptable with the acceptance that he is going to be a risk for early subs. I think the fact that they took him off at 61 minutes is something to think about. Shouldn't put you off. And I do think the Joe Gomez thing, I was less convinced last week. I'm more convinced this week by the way that the sub happened so early. In games where Liverpool dominate so much, the fact that Klopp felt comfortable, let me play Luis Diaz left wing back, which seemed interesting and a bit weird. But because he's so comfortable, ah, we don't need an extra defender. You know, everybody's looking at Pep and thinking, do you need four defenders? Maybe I can make two with three. So, and this fixture's coming up for Liverpool. Pep, Luton, Pep went there, Forrest. Right? Oh, well, four centre-backs, right? Yeah, he, yeah, he, went, he went around. Who needs, who needs uh, right-backs and left-backs? But yeah, I'm... I think he's a perfectly acceptable option. And I don't think uh, having a Liverpool defender for the next few stretches is a bad uh, is a bad option. Nobody's keeping clean sheets anyway, mate. I mean, except for Newcastle. Uh, goals across the season have all increased. It's a high-scoring season, so I wouldn't stress too much about it. He's on corners. He's cheap. 
I think you're fine. You know who keeps clean sheets? Hakim Anderson, whenever I put him on my bench. Did you start him this week? I did. <laughs> I'm, I'm so scared to bench him now because he hauls every single time I bench him. Um, yeah. Oh, doesn't bode well for my son and Madison this Friday because I'm quite looking forward to it. I've been told by a lot of people Palace uh, at home are different level, but I mean, they just gave up, I think, 1.5 XG to Forest at home and Hodgson oh, starting yeah. to get all the negative comments. People are rem- starting to remember why they didn't like this guy in the first place. So, I don't know, man. Um, I, I, yeah, Anderson is on my bench this week. So, most likely, Christopher Palace will, will sweat a 1-0 win with Anderson scoring some some volley outside the box from 40 yards or something like that. Speaking of, uh, I guess, uh, world-class teams and defenses, mm-hmm. and let's... We didn't talk at all about Arsenal, right? So, mm-hmm. non-wildcarders especially, right? You have a decision this week. Arsenal play Chef United this week, and then they play Burnley two weeks from now. And they play Luton, I think it's like five weeks from now. But they play Newcastle in between. So can you afford to wait one week to go on Arsenal? Bearing in mind that Sheffield United, probably the easiest home fixture in the league. And Arsenal, going to win the title. So just one in Sevilla. Martinelli, Jesus, Saka, all cooking again. Didn't, didn't Jesus get injured? He says he's fine. Okay, let's, let's proceed on the basis that he's not injured. He said he'll okay. be fine. Everybody picked up on one substitution. Let's presume that he is fine. You you tell me, Siva. You're the Arsenal fan. How do you feel Arsenal's been playing? Because from an outsider looking in, I feel they've been scraping by game, exactly dominating as much as they should. Um, and I feel they've been quite lucky to win some of the games they did. Which, which is, in a way, you can look at it as a good thing, right? Like they have grit. They can still, if you win in the in the games you don't play well, you can. Um, that's the sign of a champion or some, something like that. That's a saying. <laughs> I think, but yeah. I think football has evolved past that. I think that's what we used to say when we were kids, right? And you still hear it from some pundits, but I think we now know I mean, if, you're, if you're winning while playing badly, you're just playing badly and you're getting lucky, I think. So I wouldn't say that. What I will say is this. I think the fixtures were harder, right? I think it's a combination of things. First of all, obviously Jesus not being fit. We all agree uh, when Jesus is fit, the other attackers stick better than when it's and get here on top. So didn't have Jesus for the first part of the season. When Jesus came back, right? So some tough fixtures, right? Um, Everton away is not an easy fixture. So 1-0 there. Spurs at home, 2-2. Spurs top of the league. Bournemouth, that is the easy fixture. They smashed up 4-0, right? And then you had City and Chelsea, both hard fixtures. I think this is a very much a results, outcome, bias, whatever thing. And now you get easy fixtures. This is a good team. They will cook in the easy fixtures. So I'm not concerned. In fact, I'm. You're worried about not owning Watkins and Salah this week. I'm not worried about. I'm. I'm worried about not owning Arsenal players this week, because Sheffield United and Burnley in the next three. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they will return in these games. Okay, rank your Arsenal assets to have. I'm still a Martinelli man. Like, mm. I, I I like Saka. I really do, and he's great. But he's still donating pens. So until he stops doing that. He's uh, 50-50 for me. I think the saving you get with Martinelli is 7.7. So now mm. the argument has changed a bit. Saka's 8.4, 8.5. Yeah. So I'd, yeah. For me, it's Martinelli. I mean, the goal against Sevilla was... He, he's he's the Brazilian Mbappe, right? He's, he's just He's got that pace and he's the finish, the rounds the keeper. Jesus, I don't know. 
we'll talk about Gabriel Jesus in a sec. Saka is the safe, easy option, so I wouldn't begrudge you if you go for Saka over Martinelli. Saka will always play. I mean, if he, even if he has one leg, he is playing. That much we've established. Mm-hmm. Um, so the knocks don't concern me. Every time he goes off, oh, uh, he's hobbling a bit. I don't care. Arteta will play him. Gabriel Jesus is the one that I don't understand. Maybe you can help me out. XG looks great. He, but he sleeps the only score in Europe. He can't score in the Prem. I don't understand. I mean, uh, his finishing has not been good even since when he was in City. Consistently yeah. underperforming his XG throughout his entire career. So I don't, I don't think there's any surprise there. His value has always been more on what he does for the team than what than his individual goal scoring. That's it, though. I think Arsenal need, need, needs him to score. <laughs> needs players to score especially while Martinelli was out now that he's back maybe some of the goal scoring burden will fall on him I'm I got burned by Martinelli I started the season with Martinelli and he didn't really do much for me in the first four or five weeks until I sold him so maybe that's why I'm still kind of hesitant to go back to him what about Ben White where's the love for Ben White Siva? Actually, Ben White's been amazing this season. And I'm really annoyed. You know, you spoke about Salah and Watkins. I had Ben White in my gaming one team. And that's... I definitely wasn't patient enough. Uh, he's great. He's more nailed than somebody like Zinchenko, who I think is seriously fighting for his place to Tomiyasu right now. Hmm. Um, but Gabriel's cheap, right? So everybody likes Gabriel for that reason. And uh, hard to argue for against a 4.7 centre-back who can score from corners. And we know Chef United do like to concede a set piece. So mm-hmm. I think that's why it makes it hard to go for Ben White. Okay. All right. And since we talked about Arsenal players, right? Um, Captain C, I guess. Do you cap Saka or Martinelli at home to Chef United? Um, do you even cap Gabriel Jesus at home to Chef United over Salah, Forrest, or Watkins, Luton, or Spurs away at Palace? City away at United. Who's the captain this week? I wouldn't captain a City player, I think. Um, ah, your, not... United, your United fan is finally coming out. Yeah. Have you not seen Onana and Maguire, man? Come on. Nah. Actually, we were really lucky not to lose our last two games, honestly. So, but just historically, City don't do that well when they come away to United. They still win. They still win. Don't get me wrong, but they don't like when we go home to I mean when they are playing at home in Etihad against United, yes, they've been destroying us. <laughs> but away is a slightly different story. It's quite tough this week, right? I think if I had Salah, I would captain Salah at home against Forrest. Second choice would be an Arsenal player if I had one at home against Sheffield. And then third choice would be a Spurs son against Crystal Palace. There is Watkins against Luton, but I, we discussed earlier, I do have some reservations still on Watkins Hall <laughs> potential. Famous last words, but yeah. I will say this about Watkins. I mean, initially, as, as the week started, I was like, how do I not own this guy and he's going to smash Luton? Uh, looking at a couple of stats, I mean, Luton have conceded 11 away from home, but seven of those were in the first two games. So, mm. slightly getting better. I'd still consider two to Chris Wood. So, <laughs> you, you can hey, look at this. Don't disrespect way. Chris Wood, man. New Zealand's best player ever, but yeah, um, legend. New Zealand legend. Yeah. I think um I'm surprised you have Walk in so low on your list. I'm surprised you have him after the Spurs guys, after the Arsenal guys. 
Because I imagine Watkins will be a fairly popular captaincy this week for people who don't have Salah. I don't know. It just it, it just feels wrong to captain someone who's 8.0 when you have 9, 10, 13 <laughs> male players in a team. Is that the right way to play FPL? I don't know, Siva. But I'm a traditional, I'm a purist. You got to captain premium players only. Yeah, okay. Um, interesting. I think I I currently have it on Sun, but I don't know. Oh, this conversation hasn't really pushed me to do it. Maybe I will get an Arsenal player. You know, having said that to you, maybe I should just back myself and get Saka in or Martinelli in. Maybe. I Could think you Martin can just in. wait, Siva. Wait and see if I do start Hockey Anderson or not. If he's on my bench, you should captain Sun. If he starts, then captain someone else. Okay, I, I wait in great anticipation. <laughs> wait, it's the other way around. If I do start him, Captain Sun. And if I bench him, Hawk Anderson will probably haul, so don't Captain Sun. Yeah. It's going to be right. an interesting Friday night. I, I will say one thing about Spurs, just to wrap up. We talk about all mm. these other teams, right? Spurs are the only one who won't play a game in the middle of the week, right? Villa play a game in the middle of the week. Arsenal mm. play, City play. Uh, everybody else has played an extra game. So for I the for the record, guys, um, for those of you who are listening, we are recording this before the Thursday night game, so we don't know Watkins yeah. could get injured and stuff. But um, yeah, just letting you know, we are recording before the Thursday night games. Uh, okay, yeah, so that would be very happy. Okay, uh, we'll see you next week. Though I think that's that's all from us this week. And in the meantime, right. Sam, get your green arrows, guys. Cheers, and we'll see you next week. Oh, this is the thing.